This episode contains talk about suicide and dogs. If you are having thoughts of suicide, please call the Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you're grieving the loss of a pet, please call the ASPCA Pet Loss Hotline at 1-877-474-3310. Y'all heard one, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all Hurt. It's Y'all Hurt, everybody. A podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related, no matter how hot it is outside. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And this is a podcast where two longtime friends get together to reveal some unseen, unknown, or underappreciated things from around the internet, which I suppose, by us covering them, makes them now seen, known, and or appreciated. I thought you were going to see un- say unseemly, which I was like, <laughs> oh. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how are you? My uh, last week has been a lot of me saying unexpected words. Okay. Losing thoughts and zoning out. <laughs> okay. Are you okay? I don't know. There is a lot of, like, workplace negativity in my life. (laughs) Isn't there always? Well, yeah, but more so just because um, there's a dark cloud of fear and anxiety about people losing their jobs. Uh, So everybody's kind of heavy. Yeah. And I've been trying to stay positive, but for some reason this week it's finally gotten to me. So I'm trying to just be quiet. Yeah, okay, I'm and sorry. And avoid people entirely, which is also probably not healthy, but <laughs> but I am expecting to be off. I'm sorry, what? I'm expecting to be off and on vacation uh, for a little while, so hopefully I can reset during that period. Are you going to visit your mom who has COVID? I'm going to visit my mom who hopefully doesn't have COVID halfway through this week. Gotcha, okay, good. But even if my mom has COVID, then I'm just going to, like, stay at home. (laughs) You mean your home or her home? My home. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking. I was like, can I go visit my mom and just not go near her? (laughs) I mean, I guess you could. My brother just ate at a different table and wore a mask all the time when he had COVID. Dad didn't get it. My mother thinks she only got it because she drank from his cup by mistake. But I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. How about you, Marissa? Um, How's packing up your life into small boxes? Very stressful. I've been clenching my jaw or my teeth, whatever you call it, for the past week, I realized, because it yeah. hurt. Uh, but I am just going to, I told you this already, and I'm going to omit names, but uh, it's very interesting. And I wasn't sure if I would be judged for the action. But yeah, uh, as I told you, Pete. Uh, so, guys. When I was in college, I had a friend. Actually, I dated him. And then we broke up. And then we were friends. And he would routinely joke in a racist way. But I spent my whole college career trying to be a good sport and a person who could take a joke. And I won't go to specifics. Uh, They used to call me some stuff jokingly. And then one time, they straight up called me a spick. And I think they thought it was a joke. 
And I went... I mean, if it is, it's a really good one. (laughs) (laughs) And I got so angry. Honestly, no one has ever called me that racial slur until until that day. And it's only been one other time since that day by a homeless man. Um, (laughs) And we'll give give that person a pass. (laughs) And I was like, good guess. How do you know I'm Puerto Rican? (laughs) But anyway... um, yeah, and I actually went to hit him. It was just like a, an impulse. Like I, I was so jarred, and I was camping with him, so like no one else was around, which somehow made it all worse. That it was just isolated with this racist incident, and the other two people camping with us were white, and they held me back and acted like I was out of control, and that was a jarring experience that I thought about many times. <laughs> that day and i only recently started dating guys who not in the last few years started dating guys who were not white and only recently like had experiences with fellow minorities where we really unpacked things that hurt us and during a conversation with my current boyfriend where he talked about how he has such low self-esteem because he's hit on girls who have been racist to him and all of his friends were racist. So many things that I was just like, whoa. And then I was like, hey, you know, this happened when I was in college. And he was like, what the fuck? Why were you friends with them? To which I thought, why was I friends with them? <laughs> Long story short, on a whim, I don't know what possessed me. I emailed that person from college who I ghosted at the end of college. And he always thought I was a jerk. And oh, well, you were. I mean, in all yeah. fairness... Yes. No, I was. But No, that's the way you handle that person. You don't yeah, yeah, dignify yeah. them with any even separation. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I actually was a jerk to a lot of people because I didn't know how to like handle the situation. But there was never an explanation why I ghosted him. And I was like, but for some reason, like it bothered me. It bothered me that that person would go through life thinking he was a great friend to me. And I just was this like jerk for no reason out of nowhere and a monster who just loses friends for no reason and I was like I guess this is more for me it's not really for him but I just need him to know why I ghosted him when we were like over I don't know fucking uh, maybe not, maybe 15 years ago and uh, I told him and I thought it was I don't think it was going to be received well because it was like bitch why are you holding on to this but uh, it was received it was received well and uh uh they were more apologetic than i i wasn't even i don't know that i was even asking them to be apologetic i just was like hey just you know like i want you to know the real reason and also like maybe it's good that you know that what you said was so hurtful so you like are more mindful of your interactions in the future though i assume you've grown and wouldn't say something like this again um and yeah and they said a lot of stuff and i feel a weight lifted again it was a self-esteem, probably. It's not like it like enhanced his life. Uh, yeah, but I'm glad I did it. So yeah, that that's how I am. I, 15 years later, told the person in high in college who said something so racist it haunted me that they were racist. <laughs> well, not that they're currently racist, but they did something racist that I don't think they realized was racist. So yeah, uh, I feel good. They might not feel good, but I. Feel <laughs> um, and they didn't pretend that they had no idea what you were talking about. Wait, what did you say? 
they didn't pretend that you they had no idea what you were talking about. No, but also because they did many things that were racist. Yeah, it was probably. So yeah. that would be like super <laughs> entire friendship. But I, I, I decided not to list everything they did, mm-hmm. but I just listed the most major thing they did and reminded them that they would routinely call me brown friend number one because I was their first brown friend. And then they later made another brown friend. And then I was like, you know what? That's enough. He has to remember one of those two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he remembered it anyway. Anyway, let's... uh. Oh, I have a... Talk about brown liquids. That's your icebreaker? (laughs) I thought you needed an icebreaker. No, it's not an icebreaker. We got a phone call from Alex about uh, your request to find more information about coffee. Oh, because it sounded like you were going to talk about duty. Okay, thank No, I knew that's what you would think. (laughs) You did that on purpose. (laughs) So, we got a couple of phone calls. First one here from Alex... Hi, this is Alex calling in to answer Marissa's questions about why I make coffee the way that I do. So, uh, let's see, starting with the beans. The beans are single origin. You can think of that as kind of like a single malt scotch. Just a heads up, everybody. If you're somebody who buys single malt scotch because that's special, also, please call us and let us know. (laughs) (laughs) um, Some people like their coffee to be exactly the same way every single cup that they drink all year long. Oh, Um, but if you get a blend like that, you get, you know, less noticeable, distinct flavors. Um, for me, with single origin, you know, each time that I open a bag of coffee, it might be from a different place, uh, like Ethiopia or Kenya or Nicaragua or Costa Rica. Um, and each of these places, you know, and each place within it is going to have um, different types of flavors that the soil lends to the coffee. Um, and, you know. This is starting to sound like your water sommelier, Marissa. <laughs> I like it. Other elements of the growing environment. Um, so you get, you know, really flavorful, interesting coffee uh, if you go with single origin as opposed to something where you're getting a really consistent coffee if you're getting a blend. Um, I like light roast. That keeps more of the flavor in, more of the co- caffeine in also. Um, and I think it makes it less bitter. Um I use an espresso machine to make my coffee, but that's kind of a, I don't know, it is a, a hassle. It's impractical for most people. Um, what almost anybody can do is use something called an AeroPress that you can get for, I think, about 30 bucks on Amazon. And what's great about an AeroPress or an espresso machine as opposed to, like, a Mr. Coffee type of coffee maker, two things. One is speed of extraction, which makes for a lower acid brew, uh, and so it's just easier on your stomach. Um, and then the other benefit of uh, using an espresso machine or an AeroPress is you get a more uniform extraction. With a Mr. Coffee, like there's a tube of hot water going over the coffee, and where the water comes out of the tube, that part of the coffee is going to get more of the flavor taken out of it and more bitterness coming out of it also, whereas other parts are going to have good flavor locked up inside of them that never gets uh, never gets drunk. It's a shame. It's a cry and shame. Um uh, I think that those are the main points about uh, about coffee. Uh, oh, it's good to measure using a scale because coffee is, um, you know, something where it doesn't pack down totally uniformly. Uh, but the amount of, you know, coffee you have relative to the water really does matter for, you know, taste and uniformity of extraction and so on. Okay, bye. That was a beautifully clear description. Very interesting to me. 
Uh, and I care about coffee, but I don't care, but I'm lazy. So, like, I I have a pour-over, because I don't have room for a big coffee. I'm sorry, Pete, I will make this the thing. I don't have room <laughs> for a whole coffee machine, uh, but I keep breaking my French presses. But this is all very interesting, because I play fast and loose with making my coffee every morning. And sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's heinously bad. <laughs> I don't know what I do differently. So, yeah, this kind of makes me want to become more of a coffee snob. Thanks, Alex. That was interesting information. If anybody wants to uh, get Marissa a housewarming gift, you can get her an espresso machine. Yeah. Just DM her for that address. (laughs) Please do. Okay. Now, this, I'm going to play a little bit of a promo that we used to play for this next caller so that we all appreciate hearing from him again. Who do you think you are? Who do we think you are? You're a favorite fan. Oh. Hey, like- this is Juan calling from Austin, Texas. Um, yeah, I was out on a hike right now, enjoying nature, listening to y'all's podcast. What better combination? Um, but yeah, something funny kind of happened involving y'all, so I just wanted to share. Um, usually I use my AirPods when I listen to anything, but for whatever reason, not many people on the trail just had just podcasts playing out loud, you know, so everyone could hear. And I hadn't crossed anyone until this woman and what I assume is her child, probably like upper elementary, were coming toward me on the trail. And instinctually, I got kind of nervous about having y'all's podcast just blaring out, you know. And I'm thinking, like, why am I nervous? This, there's nothing, this isn't in a, an inappropriate podcast or anything like that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't really know why my brain was doing that. But I was prepared to, like, turn y'all down real quick if I needed to. Luckily, it didn't turn out to be the case. Continued my walk. And I'm just like, all right, that was weird. But then about 30 seconds later on the podcast, Marissa starts calling the bubble tea person like a fucking bitch and like going in on them and i was like oh okay that's why my brain was like hey man this is dangerous territory um yeah and then at the end pete was telling peacock to suck his butthole or something like that um but anyways just wanted to give a shout out to the subconscious mind the brain um for just figuring stuff out like that without you having to do it you know Mm-hmm. My instincts were justified, but I love y'all's show, and so um, yeah, I won't be listening to it out loud where there's kids. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love you, Juan. <laughs> oh, God, a few things to say about this. One, Juan, I don't know, I don't remember when you started listening. I don't know if you if you remember or realize that our show used to not have any cursing. Um, out of respect for my brother, who was our original fan, but then he stopped listening, and now it's with wild abandon. Um, so I apologize. I I am afraid to listen to any podcast I listen to out loud because every podcast I listen to is always talking about like butts and and dicks and <laughs> and nasty shit, but like out of nowhere. Um, and it's not even like a sexual podcast. Uh, also, I really love one. Thank you for still listening. Guys, Juan is literally the most calming presence in oh, the whole 
fucking world. Yeah, listeners, you know Juan from some of the uh, little promos that we play at the beginning of the show. Like, yeah. give me a call, 570-PODWAD-1-BABY. He, he does the woo in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Juan's, a, Juan's a, a teacher, or he was. Is, was. I gotta double check on that. Uh, but we should have him on the show one day. Yeah. He's, a, he's literally a fucking gem, and I think about Juan all of the time. <laughs> Very pleasant calls. Okay. So, I, right before we started podcasting, was watching the Netflix show Bling Empire. It is a reality show of... That's the one that's like, they took the characters from the Bling Ring and the characters from Empire and put them in the same show? No, but that would be fun. <laughs> uh, this is just mega rich Asian people just chilling. Like, this is uh, a close-knit group of the millionaires and billionaires in Los Angeles who all happen to be Asian and like there's nothing that ties it together besides the fact that they're rich and Asian uh, and at first I was like what the fuck show like this doesn't really have a premise and then I was like really though do many reality shows have like no. really poor premises no so I just wanted to say if you can make your own reality show, it does not have to be high concept. It could just be like, I want to watch dog walkers live their lives or something. What is a reality show you would like to see? I um, I want to see that one that they canceled actually happen. Which one? Where the charities compete for money. <laughs> God, that was so weird. <laughs> it feels like... It didn't get enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, everyone was mad. Didn't it get so much attention that's why it was canceled? I mean, I guess so, but... Okay. In honor of Alex's kids, I'm going to say... Real Housewives of Garbage Men. <laughs> oh. Okay. But it's going to be the same drama, everything like that. And I, that was just... That was just the word or the the title that i used to you know make it sound like a reality show but we're gonna follow both the the men the garbage men or women the garbage people now that just sounds (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay let me try again (laughs) the secret life of birders birders okay i mean i was with you on the other thing you didn't have to try again but okay Oh, is that, are you done? Oh, wait, but I watched that Owen Wilson, Steve Martin, and Jack Black movie, and that was kind of boring. Oh, I forgot that existed. I'm glad you told me it was boring, so I never look it up. I mean, it could be worse, and you like Steve Martin, so maybe it'd be okay for you, but... Um, all right, yeah, so we'll go with uh, E. True Hollywood Garbage Man. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> okay. So. And what like. Is, what, go ahead. No, I said, so what is that exactly? Uh, we're going to follow some garbage men. Look, I'm just going to say garbage men, guys. I realize it's not the appropriate word, but when I say garbage people, it feels like. I get it. I'm talking about garbage people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. 
and if I say trash people too, like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna follow some sanitary workers. <laughs> there we go. As they uh, make their way through, let's make it like big city trash. Oh, you could also say garbage collector, but I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, although, do they collect it? I mean, they pick it up, but. Okay, just let's <laughs> continue. This, this is pilot's never going to happen if we can't get past the title. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to follow, and, and like, we're going to see the same struggles um, that probably rich people have, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I don't know if people... I would imagine that people on the reality shows that you watch about rich people still probably argue that they don't have enough money. Oh, yeah, for sure. This one person just spent part of an episode hiring a feng, feng, feng shui master uh, to reorganize their house so that they would bring in more money so they could retire by 37. But continue. yeah. Like, different things like that, you know, there's going to be some home drama, there's going to be some some kids that you got to deal with in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to make your life stay together. Yeah, okay. Remember when we right. did that one about a reality show where they followed real medical workers at Johns Hopkins University? <laughs> that sounds horrible, I would never watch it, it's so fucking boring. Well, it was exciting, but it was like, these are real people that come in and are being worked on and are living the lives. Like, it's not as fun as watching a medical drama because these are actual people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was actually good, though. I feel like that was boring. No, I don't know about good, but okay. it didn't look like it was boring. You know, like, I guess they had yeah. enough stuff at the end of the day to edit something good together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, are you finished? Yeah. Okay. I this wasn't one of those questions where I had an answer ready. Um so I'm also like thinking this through as I say it, but I want a real housewife show again, but I don't want them to be rich. But I don't want them to be poor. I want a middle-aged housewives drama cuz middle-aged and middle class. I'm sorry, I meant middle class, not middle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean middle-aged is fine too. Uh, but I just, yeah, I want a middle to, at best, upper middle class. Because I remember when I was young, God bless my mama, but she would get in weird conflicts with her friends about whose house was bigger and shit. <laughs> and, like, square footage. And then, like, I would not be able to be friends with my friends anymore because my mother would have a falling out because of something real weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see... That level of drama, but without the riches. Like, I want people, you know, talking bad about people because someone got a new patio that's better than the other ones. I want someone to be pissed because they don't, because they can't get the HOA association to approve their pool. I want shit like that, but I want fucking drama. I just don't want rich people. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I want exactly and what real housewives is, but with middle class people. While you're saying this, I'm like, oh, yeah, but, like, nobody would say that on camera because it's, like, the people that live in their neighborhood right next to them. But then I was like, oh, no, people do that stuff on camera all the time about exactly. people who live next door to them. It's just exactly. on social media, not network television. <laughs> yeah, or, like, yeah, no, exactly. 
So that's what I want. I want real world drama that I can relate to. <laughs> I mean, I can't relate to fighting with someone because their porch is bigger. I just mean with people that like feel more real. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting with somebody who has a bigger porch. That sounds like a mental health problem. I mean, that was a really bad example. I've never heard of that fight happening. But I have... I will just omit names. Not my mother. But, like, I've seen people, like... When I had been... (laughs) Let's just make it even vaguer. Uh, When I had access to... When I paid to be able to, like, do background checks on people for a certain reason, uh, I had some people have me inquire whether or not people were lying about the square footage of their house. Mm-hmm. And then they just wanted to like be like, yeah, I knew they were fucking lying about how big their house was. <laughs> I want to have a shit like that. Yeah. Because I was riveted. I was like, I don't ever give a shit about this, but the fact that you care is amazing, and I want to catch this person in a lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that level, you know, like if you obsess over that kind of stuff, it can certainly contribute to bad mental health. And mental health is a phrase that gets tossed around a lot lately, Marissa. This is a transition (laughs) into my topic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, mental health is important, but I kind of wish that we had alternative words sometimes so that we don't get inundated with the same phrase over and over again. Okay. We just use one word to describe, or one phrase to describe a spectrum of realities. Like, if we had, like, levels of mental health, so that we could react more appropriately, you know, you could say, like, I'm not, I'm I'm feeling under the mental health weather today. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or you could say, I have 100% lost all of my mental health. <laughs> okay. But nowadays, if somebody says, I've had some mental health issues lately, we don't know what the hell it means. We don't know if they were just stressed out, and they didn't get things done, or they were, they were suicidal, and that's why they didn't get things done. Yeah, that's, yeah. They're, okay, I'm sorry. That was... <laughs> I had a student who turned a paper in very, very late and also didn't complete other assignments this semester. And after I put in the failing grade for the final paper, they contacted me and said, I've had some mental health issues all semester. And I'm like, well, I don't know why you waited till now to tell me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. See, okay. Whatever I say, I just want to say this. Whatever I say during this podcast, which I don't even know what it's about, just know that sometimes I say things and I'm flying by the seat of my pants, and I'm not always the most thoughtful person before I run my mouth. But also, I have, I also, of course, we. Do, I don't have a better way to say this. I have many mental health issues, <laughs> <laughs> and I've had them for very long, and they're definitely hereditary. And my family has many mental health issues. So know that if I do say something wrong, I apologize. But also, I don't come from a place where I can't relate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me neither. Because, you know, like, it kind of feels like, based on the medication I take, I believe that I am in a state of, like, less than mentally, like, 100% healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But still, some days you're like, oh, man, I feel like a bummer today. Um, And so, you know, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, there's something to think about with that. So it would be nice if we could come up with, like, different levels that we can describe to people 
um, and make sure that we get them out to everybody so that we all know how to identify. <laughs> because, well, oh, go ahead. Because this, I, I'm not just picking on this student, but like this, this is just an example in regular life. If this person was like, hey, I was really stressed out with all my other finals, I would understand that just as much as I understand I've been having mental health problems. Um, but honestly, if the person was like, every one of my relatives died <laughs> and I was thinking of killing myself, that's why I didn't get this paper in on time, I'd be like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go ahead and give you an incomplete so you can catch up and get this thing done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah. Anyway, um, Marissa, are we humans the only ones who can suffer from mental health issues? I wish you just said, Marissa, are we humans? And then stopped the sentence. Or are we dancers? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, No, I bet fucking fucking dolphins get depressed or some shit, those cunts that are... I don't know why I fucking hate dolphins, but I hate how much like humans they are because they're such fucking... I'm sorry. So, if a man kicks a dog every day for a year... What the fuck? Will that dog not growl at a man who looks oh. like the person who's kicked them? Oh, I don't know. Or will oh, it, no. Is this all going to be about dogs? Will it cower when it sees feet maybe moving a little too fast and close to them? Oh, yeah, probably. Right. So humans can be traumatized, and it seems to me like animals can, too. Yes. So what I'm trying to ask is, can dogs, specifically in oh. this case, commit self-harm? No, this is too sad. You, and if you, not, okay. why are they committing suicide from a bridge in Scotland? Oh, fuck. Okay, absolutely. You don't even need to wait, and the audience can be part of this conversation. This episode definitely needs a trigger warning. <laughs> because it doesn't even matter. Like, it's not even just for suicide. It's because I love dogs so fucking much, and I'm upset. So let's continue. Well, we don't have any actually hurt dogs in this. Okay. I watched a 46-minute documentary on YouTube that bored the shit out of me so that I could find the answer of why dogs are jumping off of a bridge in Scotland. And I didn't find the answer there anyway. Okay. The bridge in question is Overton Bridge. It spans the Overton Burn in the village of Milton near Dumbarton in West Dunbartonshire, Scotland. (laughs) Okay. And then when when I read that, I was like... Man, we we're kind of like you know it's on Main Street by the McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, designed by the acclaimed landscape architect H. E. Milner with stone parapets eighteen inches thick, it was completed in eighteen ninety five and sits on the approach to on the approach road to the Overton House, a Scots baronial country style house um, and estate built thirty three years prior. I would really like to go to Scotland based on these names and known among, uh, <laughs> among other reasons. The house itself sits on a hill overlooking the River Clyde. In a land rife with superstitions, myths, and monsters, the bridge has been the center of an enduring mystery. Why do so many dogs jump? Local researchers estimate more than 300 have sailed off the bridge. What Tablo- the fuck? Tabloid reports say it's about 600. At least 50 dogs are said to have died. So listen, many dogs are jumping off of this bridge. At least 50 of them have died. But if we use the base number of 300, 250 of them have survived. Yeah, I found. Say, that's crazy. How the fuck do you jump off a bridge and not die? 
It's a 50-foot drop. I found some occurrences where people said that their dog jumped over the bridge, landed, didn't die, ran back up, and did it again. Holy fuck. That's a cursed fucking bridge. Some researchers say that dogs are great companions for people because they live in the moment. It sure seems like they do, right? You sleep, you eat, you play, you lounge, you do what you want most of the time, and you do it when you want to. But that, mm-hmm. does that mean they have an acute sense of what the present is and how to savor it, like a Zen person might tell you to do? Yes. Either way, it isn't true. <laughs> okay. We know from a range of studies that dogs anticipate and plan for the future and have thoughts about memories of the past. Anyone who lives with a dog rescued from an abusive or neglectful home knows this well. Past experiences shape who a dog is, and trauma leaves a mark. So yes, a dog's current behavior can be influenced by their past experience. In some ways, this is how dogs are trained. You know, when you go through the repetition of a certain activity with the dog, you're trying to train the dog to sit when you, like, say sit. Yeah, that's funny. That Yeah, I can't relate. We didn't teach my dog yeah tanya was a bit of a beast that stayed in the shed <laughs> in the garage stop, saying, stop saying that we only put her in the shed when you were there what are you <laughs> stop peter's saying we abuse our dog i will say i was young and my father came from an era where dogs didn't live inside they were just and... like yeah no you can't meet tanya she'll eat you <laughs> yeah and we like we we trained her to poop where she needed to poop but we didn't teach her tricks, and we didn't turn her to training school, so we didn't fully know how to make sure she was socialized. But she liked plenty of people, but she bit one person, and uh, so we put her away when guests came. Pete acts like we never let her out, which is just, which is cruel and not true. <laughs> so, anyway. Mer... <sighs> Suicide itself can be categorized as impulsive or non-impulsive. So when we talk about dogs planning for the future, are these dogs seeing such a bleak future that they are jumping to their deaths? I hate this episode. Are animals even able to deliberately end their lives? Canine canine psychologist Dr. David Sands said that dogs cannot. Yet there is some historical precedent within the animal kingdom. A story from the Daily Mail reports that in 2009, over a period of three days, 28 cows deliberately walked off of a cliff in the Swiss Alps. I mean, how the fuck would you would you be able to definitively know whether or not an animal could create could uh, cause suicide? Take wait. What is the word? (laughs) I'm glad that you're using all these because every single one of the ones that you're saying has come up in my research. Oh, commit suicide. Commit suicide. I couldn't think of the word. Sorry. Uh, But, like, how the fuck is that testable? In the Oscar-winning documentary The Cove, released the same year, 2009, dolphin trainer Richard O'Barry talked of how Kathy, the dolphin most used in the 1960s television show Flipper, drowned herself in his company. Of course, like I said, of course dolphins commit suicide. How does a dolphin drown itself, though? Uh, are dolphins mammals? Yeah. Don't they need to come up for air every so often? I uh, Maybe. Yeah, I thought, like, whales and dolphins have to come up for air every few minutes or something. So, doc- Dr. David Sands concluded... There were three 
powerful factors for why dogs were jumping off the bridge, but in order of significance, I would put the dog's sense of smell first. Secondly, and perhaps the most subtle of the important factors of influence, would be the cue from the owners themselves. This natural desire when you're crossing a bridge to want to look over to the other side. Thirdly, the structure itself. The line of sight is blocked and for them it's just over a wall and I'll get to what's on the other side without thinking that's a 50 foot drop. Pobrecito. Poor baby. That's what I said in Spanish. Um, why don't they fucking make the walls bigger? <laughs> so let's think about this. He says the most logical reason is like scent and little critters. So if you've walked... That's not the most logical to me. What the fuck do they smell from up there? Good question, Marissa. Lucky for you, I have the answer. Okay. If you've ever walked a dog in the past, you know they can be very easily distracted. Mm-hmm. A little squirrel can run by and take them off of their game. You know, they might pull you off in a direction because they see something that they want to run after. A certain type of dog could even be the type to run right after that critter, you know, like if they're not leashed. That would be my dog because she wouldn't let us walk her with a leash. Continue. Yeah. Um, there are all sorts of these little things running around in the woods, right? Little animals. But mm-hmm. under this specific bridge, there are mink nests. Now, Marissa, yeah. what do you know about mink? People make coats out of them. That sounds fucking disgusting. From the Scottish Invasive Species Institute, the American mink, as the name suggests, is a native North in, is native to North America and was brought to the UK to establish fur farms in 1929. Since there were many escapes of the mink... Uh, as well as deliberate releases. Uh, and, yeah, mink were confirmed as breeding in the wild as early as 1956. The mink I population will- grew and spread. The fur farming industry in the UK was finally banned in 2000 under the Fur Farming Prohibition Act. Mm. I just want to say that for some reason, anything, like, saying nest with any animal that is yeah. not a it is fucking disgusting to me. Yeah. Uh, mink can have significant adverse impacts once established, predominantly through predita- pre- predation mm. <laughs> and competition. Mink are effective predators eating birds and their eggs. Small mammals, <laughs> fish, amphibians, shellfish, crustaceans, in particular water vole and ground-nesting bird populations are at risk from mink predation. Water vole also sounds disgusting. Yeah, I mean, having seen an earth vole, I'm like, water vole sounds disgusting. What is a vole? What is a vole? Um, It's a small, ugly mole. Okay. Mink are thought to be responsible for the disappearance of the moorhen from the Herbidian. Nope. Hebridian. (laughs) From the Hebridian Islands of Lewis and Harris. There's a, oh, never mind. They are also credited with res- being responsible for the 94% decline in water vole populations. No skin on my back. <laughs> as well as affecting native wildlife, mink have had an impact on economic activities such as fish farming, crofting, sports angling, I don't know what that means, um, game shooting, and tourism. 
to add to the threat, so the speculation, I guess I, sh- I should say, is that animals smell the mink underneath the bridge, and then they go, I'm going to go get that sucker. Mm. And the walls to the bridge are about hip high and 18 inches thick. That so, is not high enough for a fucking bridge. So to a dog, it might look like you're going to jump onto the surface where you can spy these marmots below, but you can jump too hard and then you're kind of overboard. Um, but then if that was true, that dogs would jump on anything that was like hip high that they couldn't see the other side of, why aren't dogs jumping on cars and counters and stuff like that all the time? Well, I mean, first of all, my dog, I think was jumping on counters at some point Two, guys, my dog was precious Two, because there's not mink nests in most cars. Yeah, but there could be like a delicious smelling hot dog stand on the other car side of a car true okay dr sands also shut down a proposed theory that the nearby Faslane bay um home to the uk's trident ssbn nuclear submarines was creating a frequency that only animals could hear experts okay. in acoustics were brought to test the length of the bridge and they found nothing uh unusual in their tests People in Dumbarton are very superstitious, said Alistair Dutton, a local taxi driver. We grew up playing on the Overton grounds, and we believe in ghosts here because we've seen or felt them. Mm-hmm. Paul Owens, a teacher of religion and philosophy in Glasgow, grew up in a town close to the bridge and recently published a book about the mystery. When it comes to an explanation for the leaping dogs, he's firmly in the supernatural camp. After 11 years of research, I'm convinced that it's a ghost behind all of this, he declared, while sitting outside of a pub on a drizzly day in Glasgow. Okay. Owen's theory is popular among many local residents who grew up hearing stories about the White Lady of Overton, the grieving widow of John White, James's son. Why the fuck would a grieving widow want all these dogs to fucking die? <laughs> um, it's a good question. And I'm going to get there, but first I want to tell you a little bit about John Campbell White, the first Baron of Overton. Okay. Um, who was the first and last Baron of Overton. <laughs> okay. Um, he was a Scottish chemical manufacturer, supporter of religious causes, philanthropist, and liberal politician. White's persona as a generous and committed Scottish Presbyterian was at odds with his exploitation of the workers at his Shawfield Chemical Works, the source of his great wealth. Politician and leader of the nascent Labour Party, Keir Hardell, exposed the scandalous working conditions there in a series of pamphlets published in 1899 called White Slaves. Lord Overton married Grace Eliza McClure, daughter of James H. McClure, a Glasgow solicitor. In 1867, they had no children. He died at Overton House after a short illness in February of 1908 at 65 years old, living in an leaving an estate of what would be equivalent to 73.5 million pounds in 2020. Ooh. Other than a donation to a par- public park which still bears his name, his legacy to people of Rutherglen and Cambuslang. Mm. 
Yeah, canvas lang. I'm going to go with that. Uh, okay. Was the huge amount of toxic waste that his chemical works dumped on the doorsteps of this, of these towns for more than 100 years? Gross. The lady lived alone in grief for more than 30 years after her husband died in 1908, said Marion Murray, a Dumberton resident. Her ghost has been lur- lurking around here ever since. She's been sighted in windows and walking around the grounds. So, Marissa, could it be that ghosts are scaring the dogs into leaping to their death? Uh, are the dogs yelping when they jump? Because if not, then no. <laughs> Or then could it be a ghost possessing them and jumping to its own death out of grief? No, because do ghosts possess? Isn't that a demon? I don't know. I don't think ghosts possess. Moreover, I could see... I think it's more likely to be a troll than it is for a ghost to possess. (laughs) I could see a sort of curse situation, right? In that this man was so terrible like with all these toxic chemicals around and stuff and then he died and people were probably like bashing him and stuff and maybe now his wife wants to take happiness away from people i don't know like you took the world took what i love now yeah. i'm going to take what you love but only in the form of dogs dogs yeah yep. so marissa overton bridge isn't the only victorian bridge in scotland which is why some say that the ghost is the likely possibility. Other bridges don't have troubled spirits lurking about, lurking about Lottie McKinnon says. Mm. I was sure she was dead, she said, of the day when she was walking with her border collie Bonnie over the Overton Bridge. Something overcame Bonnie as soon as we approached the bridge. At first she froze, but then she became possessed by a strange energy and ran and jumped right off the parapet. I mean, why is anyone walking their dog over this? That just sounds like you're asking for it. A lot of people don't believe it. Well, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One day, Emma Dunlop, who said that she has heard the horror stories, took her Labrador Retriever Ginger for a walk over the Overton anyway. She did not let him out of the station wagon until he was on a leash. He's never tried to jump, she said, but sometimes he freezes or hesitates when he gets on the bridge, so I'm always careful. Ginger jumped from her car. Not the right word to use in this in this article. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ginger jumped from the car, raced around his owner, and headed straight toward the Overton Bridge, crossing without any hesitation. Ooh. But then Ginger froze, looking back intently at something on the bridge, which apparently seemed empty to human eyes. Aye, there she is. There's the white lady, Mrs. Dunlop said with a laugh, suggesting that Ginger had seen the bridge's ghost. And then the two continued their walk. How do we know? Okay, fine. Yeah, we're saying it's a lady. But, like, I think that's stupid because I don't think a lady is going to make dogs jump. Why can't we assume that it's either a ghost of another dog beckoning said dogs or a ghost of something that the dogs would want to chase? Well, it doesn't have to be, like, the ghost of a squirrel. I mean, it could just be the mink if, if you're going in that direction. Yep, every time. Well, I they the live squ- down there, so it's like... Yeah, I know, but, like... I like how they call oh. her the White Lady, because her last name was White. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. no. 
<laughs> but I mean, some dogs are trained well. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, like if it was a well-trained dog, it would have jumped down there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think it's a ghost lady. Sorry. There was a part of me in this research that thought, oh, so if a dog is committing suicide off the bridge, that must mean that the dog has a mental health problem. But then I thought, do you have to have a mental health problem to commit suicide? Can you be in your right mind and still want to take your life? Uh, yeah. All these questions are not for us to answer. <laughs> yes, if you don't think suicide is... Yeah, I guess it depends on you view death, but yeah. Yeah, but legally, if you are a threat to yourself or others... You are, um, you know, you can be committed or arrested or what have you. So that's just a little bit about the Overton Bridge. There's a couple of things I left out that were really sad, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah it's too much. Dogs are too pure. We don't even deserve dogs in this world. We deserve cats because they're fine and dolphins are the worst, but we don't deserve dogs. <laughs> dogs are the purest thing. They're even more pure than a baby. <laughs> A human baby, I mean. Um, I didn't think that the dogs was going to upset you as much. I apologize. I will never do anything like this again. I mean, it's it's okay. I'm not like <laughs> okay, but yeah. I just so you know, the purest thing in this earth is a dog to me. Uh, you gonna yeah. get a dog when you get a house? Uh, if I think I'm worthy. Oh, interesting. I, I don't. I think it's like half. I don't know if it's cultural, but it's like. I I grew up surrounded with dogs that like were kind of like wild and free, and you didn't take them to training school. I don't even know how you do that. Like, like I've never I've never known someone who like took their dog to training school and like taught their dog tricks. Like, I don't even I don't know how you raise a dog like that. Uh, and I don't even know how you have a dog who lives in the house. But again, like it was like a different way of viewing things. Like you. I, and I do think it's partially cultural. Like, you don't let your dog, like, live in the house. Like, like not that it lives outside, but, like, you have a different section for the dog. Or you let the dog, like, freely go outside. You don't really, like, walk it on a leash. You just let it poop outside. I think it's partially cultural, partially generational. Uh, so I need to learn how to raise a dog in the current times that is appropriate. I feel like that makes it sound like a dick, but I'm just being honest. Like, I, I think, like, my family raised dogs in a way that is not the norm amongst young American people. But to us, we thought it was fine because we still, like, gave our dogs nice things to eat. Like, we gave our dogs love and stuff like that. They just, like, didn't, they didn't, like, live a cushy life indoors. And we maybe didn't, like, train them this nicely. So we'd have to put them away when people came. <laughs> But, uh... But I want you to know, you can take your dog to, like, a class to get trained, but still not make them do tricks. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I only I mentioned that because you said that two times really close together, training school and tricks. No, 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 no. I know training is sometimes just about, about getting them to behave. I'm just saying, like, no one, until, like, maybe my young cousin, like, no one ever took their dog to train. Like, that's not something you spend money on. You just, like, train the dog yourself. But I guess, like, we didn't properly train my dog because, like, we're not dog trainers. <laughs> so, yeah, only if I think I have the time and the money 
to take my dog to a training school and like and it's and it's a house where I think the dog could sleep inside would I get a dog but if I don't think I have that set up I would not get a dog because that means I don't deserve one <laughs> <laughs> so I was just listening to the this paranormal life and this was a topic that they talked about and I was just sort of like milling over the existential questions of yeah like can a dog just be like I'm through with this I'm gonna jump over a bridge I hope not I mean no I mean I guess no yeah I hope not of course using the term dog suicide is kind of like a a trick right like you'll immediately get people to not everybody, but you'll immediately get somebody to read because it sounds so sensational. But when you really get down to it, yeah, it could just be the dogs are jumping up onto a surface that they think is larger and then falling. Poor babies. The other thing that was worth noting is um, it was dogs with longer snouts that were more <laughs> like that were more likely to jump, and dogs with longer snouts uh, apparently are better smellers. Oh, yeah. So then I totally buy the mink thing. Okay. Yeah. I think work. that's what makes up most of his argument. For some reason, I find that sadder than a ghost. That depresses me even more. And also, apparently, mink just smelled disgusting. <laughs> yeah, they sound like they smell disgusting. Do you know what a mink looks like? No, and I don't want to know. <laughs> a, a mink is like a... It's almost like a... a, a, a is it a rodent? It's a rodent for sure. Is it a gross one? It's very much like a ferret. Ew. But like a dirty ferret. <laughs> Ew. Uh, ferrets are like on the verge of gross anyway. I hope that somebody gets to clip that and just makes a loop of me going, dirty <laughs> ferret. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did meet a cute ferret once, but once. So yeah, if you uh, go to visit Scotland, leave your dog at home. If you do no, bring your dog... It. Just don't go on the thing. Honestly, though, does your dog really care about going to Scotland? I don't know. <laughs> just as easy to keep your dog at home. but That, that is true. They probably um, will not airplane. Next time you see a dog, just give it a pet. And tell it that its life is... Tell it everything's going to be okay. Yes. In dog language. Arf, arf. Rough, arf, arf. <laughs> Anyway, that was interesting. Very different than what I expected when you said it was going to deal with suicide. It's time for... Plugs. It's time for... Plugs. It's time for... Marissa, do you have anything to plug? Yes, and... If you have seen... Uh, just, like, the image or the preview for this, I'm sure you would be like, Ew. But I will just say I was so pleasantly surprised if you have Hulu with the new sort of romantic comedy. I mean, I mean, it's definitely a comedy, sort of romantic. The Valet, which mm -hmm. have you have you seen even a picture of that? Uh, yes. OK. Were you I like, like, I don't know who any of these people are. Well, it's the, the main girl is from the girl who's like in that horror movie, Ready or Not. Uh, oh, right. Yes. Yes. One of the main. Not the main guy, but one of, like, the main villain is the guy from The New Girl. And another one of the main people is from the show Life in Pieces. Uh, I feel like I've seen the Hispanic main guy somewhere. I don't know where. I think he's in other comedic movies. Anyway, long story short, it is, it is basically about this 
hot young movie star who is having an affair with a married man and they are actually unexpectedly caught by the paparazzi but in the same frame of the picture of them that would expose she's having an affair is a middle middle aged valet uh, this this Mexican guy and to not get them in trouble for having an affair she pretends she's dating the middle aged valet and so this like you know, working class guy from a totally different culture is just pushed into this world that is total nonsense to him. And it's very funny to me, but it's also very heartwarming. I love seeing a movie with like a loving Hispanic family. And I think it is, it is at times a little silly on the nose, but a very like, uh, enjoyable depiction of Hispanic culture. But also it's just one of those zany, ridiculous plots. Uh, like the JLo movie. Which J-Lo? Oh, like, like what? Made in Manhattan or something? The J-Lo Owen Wilson one. Oh, wait, which one's that? Is it The Wedding Planner? No, the one that was, like, this year. Oh, yeah. No, but this is better. Strange is man just gets picked up and drops into fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Strange man gets picked up and dropped into fame. You're totally right. Except this is way funnier, way sillier, and way more heartwarming. Yes. Like, I just like this is such i i love the end too because i was like are they gonna make this like older man and this really young woman like a bone at the end of this and they didn't thank god because it just didn't seem like it would really happen but yeah i recommend that if you want like a nice light like romantic comedy but also like it's 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 not rated r it's not like raunchy or anything but it's just like it's really cute and it's funny uh i i really recommend the ballet very nice how about you? I would like to plug. Um, Marissa mentioned this earlier. Um, next week, we're not going to do a show. We're going to re-air a show. We're going all the way back to May of 2019. This is what I'm plugging, that you tune in next week. Um, where Marissa talks about a VHS maven named Marion Stokes. And I talk about how alien-human hybrids could save all us from all the world's problems. But the big Wait, fun part of it I is that... Stokes. Yes. I Wow. <laughs> the big fun part of it is that it is from the period when we did bleep our show. Oh. <laughs> our, our shows for curse words. So you can listen to that one with your family. Although I don't know if you want to listen to me talking about a scientist who's talking about alien-human hybrids. <laughs> maybe just for fun we should do a family friendly show and we like promote that it's going to be a family friendly show i try to do that around christmas and you just say fuck a hundred times because we don't we don't decide if we go <laughs> ahead of time i will make it that so why don't we plan one for yeah maybe for this upcoming holiday season mm-hmm. uh we have not heard yet that anyone has reviewed us remember if you review us in the month of may which is almost done i will you will get mail from us. You will. It will be worth your while. Timely mail. Uh, yeah, timely. Guys, I, Pete, I have had a good timely mail except once. I'm not known <laughs> for being untimely. Uh, so I do think we should mail something again this holiday season, and I promise to get it on time because uh, I think the post office in Harrisburg will be less stressful than the post office in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, guys, also... I think I said it before. I am booed to Harrisburg. 
and very excited. And if you are familiar with Harrisburg at all, please uh, tell me some fun stuff to do out there because I am 100% unfamiliar with that place. It's yeah. the capital city. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But it actually has a really bad reputation of being dangerous. So I want to know good things about Harrisburg. Sure <laughs> does, all so does Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's accurate. <laughs> um, guys, so give us a call at 570-POD1-1. That's, that's one of many ways that you can send us your review as well. You could text your uh, screenshot of your review over. You could DM me at Riss Vandal. You can email us at uh, shout at yallheard.me. Or if I know you, and you could tell me in person. If I know you, um, I probably won't see you for a while because I'm going on vacation. <laughs> humble brag. I don't even think that's a humble brag. <laughs> nope. I think that's no, it's not. <laughs> yep. I just like to say that. Thanks for listening. Again, even though we're going to re-air an old episode, we will be back soon. Please be safe, because every fucking person in the world is getting COVID again. And thanks for listening. Bye, guys. I'm not going to lie when I say it kept me up at night wondering how a dolphin can drown. And it turns out that Marissa was absolutely correct. Uh, dolphins are mammals. They are not amphibians or fish, which we know and we're totally cool with. And so they do have to come to the surface to get some oxygen once in a while through the blowhole. If they exhale when they are uh, uh, out of the water, <laughs> then they blow water out of the blowhole, but normally they're inhaling when they come to the surface. Whereas fish and amphibians are able to extract oxygen directly from the water. So it's kind of messed up that we have undersea creatures that can't breathe underwater entirely. <laughs> and for me anyway, this begs the question, uh, how does a dolphin not drown while it's sleeping? And uh, by the way, this applies to whales too. While sleeping, the bottlenose dolphin shuts down only half of its brain along with the opposite eye. The other half of the brain stays awake at a low level of alertness. This attentive side is used to watch for predators, obstacles, and other animals. It also signals when to rise to the surface for a fresh breath of air. After approximately two hours, the animal will reverse this process, resting the active side of the brain and awakening the rested half. This pattern is often called catnapping, which is kind of silly, right? It should be dolphin napping. And so a dolphin never actually gets the complete mental rest that you and I get when we sleep at night. Although you might say that we too, like dolphins, <laughs> still have some brain activity going on when we sleep because we breathe. So let's hear it for brains. <laughs>